The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Bully Ray talk Monday Night Raw, especially the opening segment with Drew McIntyre and CM Punk. And we talk to Hall of Famer Adam Copeland of AEW right now on the Busted Open Podcast. The man, the legend, the myth himself, Mr. Adam Copeland. Sir, how are you? And thank you so much for the time this morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for playing Gentle Art of Making Enemies to cue me up. I appreciate that. Well, that was I a hell pre- of an introduction. I appreciate <laughs> you wearing a King for a Day t-shirt on Collision. Nobody picked up on it. Nobody. <laughs> the, angel, the angel dust one everybody picked up on. Nobody. They were like, they weren't listening by that point. They became our band again, Dave. Yes, they and they still are my band. And, you know, obviously there's a lot to get into. You've been so busy. And we were praising you to start the show this morning. And how I feel like your influence and your mentorship has kind of changed AEW in a very positive way. But before we get into AEW and what we've been seeing on Wednesdays, Friday, and Saturday night, I do want to bring up music and Faith No More quickly with you because I know it's something that we talk about and the influence music has had on you, and especially a band, Adam, like Faith No More. And it's a band that not a lot of people know about. And I feel like my relationship with music as a fan is very much like my relationship with pro wrestling. It feels like when I was younger, especially in grade school and high school, it was the people who got it, which was a small pocket of people, and then the majority didn't get it. Did you did you feel the same way about it? Absolutely. Like wrestling and Faith No More both were my things because they weren't these, you know, Hulkamania had had kind of by the time I got to high school, it was kind of by the wayside in a way. So if you're a wrestling fan, it was kind of, you're a little bit ostracizing yourself, but I was okay with that. I didn't care because I think it's the greatest thing in the world. And I had my bands, you know, I think the ninth grade, I listened to faith, no more and the cult, uh, cult electric specifically those two cassettes. Cause it was on my Walkman. Those two cassettes got me through a really, really hard year that and coming home and watching wrestling. They were outlets for me to f- forget about all the, you know, starting high school and all of those things. So music has always been a massive touchstone. Bubs, I know for you too, it, it just music informs the choices I make in wrestling, which uh, may sound crazy, but when I, you know, we're doing a hell in a cell at WrestleMania this year, I'm like, well, there's gotta be Slayer. And if it's the demon and I'm trying to bring this devilish side, well, guess what? South of heaven. And it has a line about judgment day in there. It, it like, I'm always trying to think of those things to, uh, to make it feel like a concert at times. Um, Adam, uh, I, I remember certain songs and the exact place I was when I heard a song, one of the last times it happened to me was I was walking into the hard rock cafe in Rapungi, Japan, and I hear this song, and I turn around, and Jeremy Borash is with me. I'm like, "Who is this?" And it was "Sad Man's Tongue" by Volby, and I just I was blown away by the song. I loved it. Do you remember where you were the first time you ever heard Faith No More? 
Uh, I, re- I was watching um, uh, Much Music in Canada, and it was the epic video, you know, because I, I didn't know... Um, I didn't know anything about the Chuck Mosley faith no more about the Courtney love faith no more. I, I wasn't hip to that yet. I just saw Mike Patton with boxing gloves on punching himself with the, the step shaved into the side of his hair. And I was like, what they're on a beach and there's a, a goldfish flopping around. It goes to show how much videos really influenced at a certain point, that was your introduction to a lot of new music a lot of the time. Um, and that that was kind of my discovery. So I, I came in right in, in the inception of Mike Patton. And I'll never forget it because I was just like, even now when I hear that song, I picture sitting on a beach in California with a purple sunset and maybe some lightning happening. I it just, it takes me there. I, I don't know how else to explain it. I've done a lot of road trips down the PCH and Pacific Coast Highway, for those that don't know. And then uh, I will, usually it's Faith No More that will be my soundtrack for that trip. And it's nothing like music. And it, and it does, it brings you back to a moment in time. There's nothing else like you can hear a song and maybe you haven't heard this song in, you know, 10, 15 years. And it brings you to the first time you actually heard it. And you get that same feeling you did when you first heard it. And that, I think that's the beauty of music and why there's nothing else like it. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, to that end, I, I remember the first clip of wrestling I ever saw. It was Roddy Piper cutting a promo with Rick Martel by his side. It was Don Owens wrestling Pacific Northwest, and he smashed a beer bottle over his head. And I went, I don't know what this just was because I, I didn't I didn't know. I was like, what is wrestling? Because I'm a kid. Right. And but from that moment on, I was like, I don't know what that was, but I couldn't take my eyes off that dude. And uh, it, it struck a chord. I'll, I'll never forget it. Sitting in front of my TV with the the pliers to change the three channels you had. <laughs> and uh, DKVR from Barrie, Ontario carried that. And uh, man, it just, it, it struck a chord. Same thing with, a, you know, hearing a song or a certain type of music the first time. I remember the first time I, I heard Smells Like Teen Spirit. I was like, whoa, I don't know what they just did, but it is awesome. Those drums, oh, yeah. And, and when the music and the wrestling business come together, it makes it, you know, that much more special. I mean, we're all around the same age. As a kid, when you heard Eye of the Tiger for Hulk Hogan, it was a moment. Or, you know, for me, it was Iron Man by Black Sabbath for the uh, for the Road yeah. Warriors. And I'm getting goosebumps as I'm Set saying. The tone. Yeah, you, know? you knew. So, oh. Yeah. And for Adam, who, which, which mainstream song or song by a favorite band and a wrestler, do you, do you remember uh, making an impact on you? You know, honestly, a lot of them were the uh, like real American, the Rick Derringer or demolition, Rick Derringer, like those, those had a big profound effect on me Um, to the point where when I teamed with Hogan, I didn't know he was coming out to real American and he did not. And I was a little, I was, I was a little kid again. I'm in the fleet center in Boston. We're about to win the tag team titles, but I heard real American and you cut to me in the ring and I'm kind of singing it. You can see my mouth's kind of moving. And I, I didn't even know it because I was 11 years old again. Only this time I'm a peer. And I'm about to team with the dude. Amazing. You know, Amazing. yeah. First of all, God bless that you've been able to have these moments and a hall of fame career that you've had and now you bring all that experience to a new organization in AEW which still is in in terms of pro wrestling still a baby you know I've only been sure. around for just a few years and what was it about AEW for you that said to you all right this is where I want to be this is where I want to call home I mean, there, there was a lot of things, you know, the, the fact that Jay, uh, the fact that Christian was there, um, being allowed to enjoy the run of his career, uh, at this age, you know, because I, I feel like at this age, we have so much more mentally we can give that we didn't have before life experience, the lines in your face, tell a story. They make you commit to a character that much more. They make you feel from a character that much more because you go, Oh, that guy's lived. That woman has lived. Got it. It's like when I listen to Mark Lanigan and I I hear his music and I hear his voice and it makes me go, oh, this dude, he's been through some of the things he's singing about. And that that adds an extra layer of attachment. So there's that. And then I looked at the roster and I just thought, okay, I've checked off most of 
the people that I wanted to work with in WWE. And I realized it was going to kind of be more of the same. And I'm one of those guys that can get bored with more of the same. I want new challenges. I want new hills to climb. I, I, I thrive on challenges. That was part of this whole comeback was really to see if I could, like if I can get by a triple fusion, okay, that's a hell of a challenge. Let's see. You know, um, with this, I looked at the roster and I went, okay, never wrestled Samoa Joe, never wrestled Claudio, never wrestled Miro, never wrestled Moxley, never wrestled Omega, never wrestled Osprey. That's just off the top of my head. Hangman, Swerve, Young Bucks, FTR. There's 10 matches that have never happened. There's two years worth of programming right there. Then you get an Amalekai, Brody King, Buddy Matt. Like, it, it, it's an embarrassment of riches for me to creatively sink my teeth into. And that that when I started looking at it that way, even though I could have done the, the what quote unquote would be the easier thing to kind of stay where, you know, um, I, I wanted to, to take a risk. I wanted to go out on and, and see what that was like. Cause I'd never done it. And man, I have had a blast. I've had so much fun, even like this past weekend, getting in there with a, with a guy like Griff Garrison, um, just to, to get in there so that he can feel what it's like, the, the difference that comes with that experience, because I look at it and I look when I broke in and I had Rick Martels and bad news Browns and all of these guys mentor me along the way there's not a lot of that anymore. You don't see a lot of like when I was coming up, Greg Valentine was doing the Indies. Jimmy Valiant was doing the Indies. Like all these guys were doing the Indies. And if you were lucky enough to get in there with them, man, I, I learned, I just soaked it all up. And now it almost feels like these guys are going to have to soak it up on national television. And that's a different challenge unto itself along with social media. Uh, so that to me is really fun though. To, to, to get these guys in there, get hands on them, feel what they're all about so that they can also feel what 30 years of experience feels like. Adam, yesterday we were speaking with Dolph, uh, Nick Nemeth, and we were talking about the word freedom. Dolph spending his entire career in the WWE, coming right out of you know uh, college wrestling and right into the system. You spent a couple of years on the indies, mostly in the Canadian territories, and then boom, right into the system, very young. And when you spend 20, 25 years in the WWE and it's all that you know, sometimes you do want to go out there and experience something new, especially when we're at this stage of our careers and we have become more mature and we have become smarter. We can add more mentally to the game. But when it comes to that word freedom, when did you feel free the first time? Was it the minute you made your decision to go to AEW and you were home? Or was it the minute you stepped in the arena or the minute your music played? When did you truly experience that freedom? I, you know, I, and, and freedom's a, a good word, but that makes it, it makes it feel like I was jailed with WWE. And I never I don't, felt that way. I don't mean, I, know, that, I, I mean, creatively free. The, the, this is for the listener. I, I know you know, but but I want the you know everyone to understand. I loved it there, but I also understood that it it was going to be more of the same. And and creatively, that just I don't know how much fun that would have been. And this gig has just always been fun. And when I made the decision, when I finally made the decision, I sat down with kind of the three decisions in front of me, the three paths. And when I finally committed to the path that was AEW, that's when I went, oh, wow, okay. But even then, not until truly getting there and getting a feel for the place and understanding, oh, okay, I'm going to be afforded even more freedom than I was afforded in WWE, which I, I was afford, uh, afforded a lot of freedom, but there's still a lot of layers to answer to. And, uh, you know, it's a publicly traded company and sponsors, and duh, 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 you know, all of those different layers, right? With this, uh, it, it, you can just try things. And, and I've always said, that's where you find the magic is when you're just trying things out there alive without a net. That's what's so amazing about this industry. It's that instant gratification to know whether something is, is working or isn't it. And, and having the freedom to go out and just try, that's really fun. Like I haven't gone out yet with a promo with anything besides an idea. That's so much fun. You know, to just have a kernel of an idea and piece it together while I'm going and while I'm feeling the audience. And now, now I feel like a front man of a band. 
now I feel like we're in this, this thing together. And uh, that's just fun. It's really just, it's so much fun. Uh, And, and I'm still doing what I've always wanted to do for a living, which is, you know, jump around in tights. And you're telling stories and the story that you're telling with Christian has been amazing. Uh, The feud's been fantastic as a good story always has chapters to the story. And you've been saying that and telling that on, on dynamite every Wednesday night, how does it feel to kind of show this young roster in a lot of ways, how it's done? Hey, this is basically the foundation of this business is storytelling. It's not about, you know, the five star matches, which seems to be implanted in a lot of younger wrestlers brains right now. How difficult is to, to show them, Hey, this is about storytelling now. Well, I, I think just by going out and having the type of match we had at World's End, you know, where we did stuff, don't get me wrong, you know, but, and it's a no DQ match, but um, it was about the story of the match. It was about the story within the story that we're trying to tell, um, you know, to, I don't even know what a five-star match means. Like, what, what does that even mean? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, what, what does that mean? And if I'm being judged by people who have never taken a bump, then well, I don't care, you know? So um, that to me is the first thing. Uh, second is you can't have match of the year every night. It's not sustainable. It's not possible. And I feel like the habit is to just do more moves to try and accomplish that. And somewhere in there, the story can get left behind. And to me, the story is always the most important. If you are able to hook the audience onto your character. And the way you do that is with these two things, right? So if you can hook them on that, they're going to care that much more about the moves I do, you know? And and I look at a guy like Killswitch who can do a moonsault off the top rope to the floor. After this, he's going to realize when to do that. And it's going to be at all in in Wembley Stadium. And it's going to get that much bigger of a reaction because now they're starting to care about a character in a mask, by the way. And all he has to do is turn his head or shrug his shoulders a couple of times. And I've been, you know, telling him, dude, less is more, you know, we can make a meal out of these beats. So let's, let's make sure we work them right. And, and that to me is really fun to see, you know, light bulbs go off, uh, you know, for talent. Um, and, and that's part of the reason why with the, the whatever we're going to call it, the cope open, the cope and the Copeland open, I don't know. I want to work a bunch of young talent. And a bunch of young guys, not only for, for them, but for me too, because that's invigorating. And, and I want to work a bunch of different styles and try and and incorporate new things to see if they work for, for my character. That's a really fun place to be uh, navigating from, especially at this stage of my career. So I'll ask you this question from the point of view of, I don't know, um, a lot of chatter on social media about why would Edge spend, why would Adam spend Five minutes, sorry. <laughs> Spend five minutes in a ring with Griff Garrison. Can you please educate the wrestling fans as to why Adam Copeland would spend five minutes in a ring with Griff Garrison? Because long after I'm gone, Griff Garrison will be there. Thank you. And just like Bad News Brown showed me, or just like Rick Martell showed me, or just like Tom Pritchard showed me, or Pat Patterson showed me, or Michael Hayes showed me, or Bret Hart showed me, I'm in that stage of my career. So if I can get in there with Griff Garrison, what is a 30-second match going to do for Griff Garrison? But suddenly now you get a couple like, whoa, he almost took that thing. All right, well, now you add in the element of story of like, okay, Copeland took this kid maybe a little lightly, and there's something to him. It's also an opportunity for him to get on a microphone. It's, It's an opportunity for reps in front of an audience that will have eyes actually watching because there's a character in there that they know. That to me it is all you, all that needs to be said. You know, if if he can get in there and we have five minutes of of time in there, I feel like he can learn more in that five minutes than he would in probably two hundred matches with people of the same experience. And I know that sounds kind of cocky and egotistical, but that's the way it was for me when I was his age. And that's that's what this is. It's, it's not a cocky chance. and egotistical. It's the truth. I mean, I, I believe it to be, but you know, that's, that's why, 
that's why I, I want to work a guy like Griff Garrison. That's why, you know, put me in with Dante Martin or Lee Moriarty or, or uh, Zach Zodiac or like just, yeah, th this is a, this is a part within the story that Christian and I are telling where we can do this and add another layer in the, the final book. That is this story. Um, that's, that's so fun to me. You know, I think nowadays people are just so, well, why isn't it this? Why isn't it this? Why isn't it right now? Right now, right now, right now, right now. Um, and then if you give them right now, well, they did it too quick. <laughs> this is, this is truly, um, this is another chapter while they continue to write more chapters on their end. I'm going to write it over here on this end. And, uh, you know, there's always a plan. You know, and and sometimes like my favorite stories when I was growing up, and I know it's a different it's a different time, but Steamboat Savage they didn't wrestle for a year. Sorry, my puppy's deciding to say hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> um, one thing, Adam, that I don't have when I'm doing my show and I avoid is my phone. I don't have my phone on my desk while I'm doing the show because I'm afraid if I endure in a commercial break, I go on my phone and I look at what people are saying. It's going to it's going to change the direction of what I'm talking about and it might influence my opinions. How difficult or how hard is social media, especially with younger wrestlers that seem to be buried in their phones? Like how influenced are they about when it comes to social media? I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I, 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 it feels like it's a huge influence. Um, and, and I mean, almost thankfully I come from an era where it wasn't a thing at all. Um, so it's easy to ignore, um, you know, because a lot of times it's just a cesspool of negativity. Right. So it's not really going to accomplish much. I don't think personally. Um, and again, you know, I, here's how I gauge things. Did the crowd react? Did they count along? Did we take them on a ride? I'm going to know it from the room I'm in. That That's how I gauge it. Um, I'm not going to worry about hopping online to see what they thought. You know, uh, it, it's truly, okay, this room, this room, they get it. Cool. Love it. Love it. Adam, th this one is going to be a bit out of left field, but um, there's, me and Dave have had discussion about animosity in the wrestling business and how it can be overcome and people could do good business together. Um, the two examples that I use of the most professional people I've come across are Kurt Angle and, um, and Jeff Jarrett, who had a very real life scenario and yourself and Matt, who had a very real life scenario. And I, we talk about leadership and how you get these guys on the same page in order to do business. I'm not asking you for details, but can you kind of give us how the process works in a true professional atmosphere of getting guys on the same page so they can work together, tell a great story and make money? For me, that's what I feel like one of Vince's greatest gifts is, uh, is, is being able to do just that is to, to get everybody to see the common goal, which is to tell stories and make money. Right. Yep. Um, it, it's, it's not a complicated concept and because of his leadership in that regard, it, it's easy to go, right. Okay. And he's steering this ship and he wants this. We got to figure this out. And if we figure this out, we can take a pretty lousy situation and try and get some kind of positive from it, whatever that is. You know, if it means, hey, we can both move up the card. If it means we can tell a great story, it, it means if we can make some money off of this thing. Um, and then if all of those things happen, then hopefully the audience also gets invested in this thing too. So it's win-win all around. Um, that to me is was key to that. But my mindset was truly that going into it. It's like, okay, right here we are. I screwed up. Now, what do I do? How do we, we try and pull something out of this? And, and that was truly what I thought. It's like, okay, we're here. Let's try and make some compelling television out of it. Is you mentioned Vince and the leadership. Is it one of those things where Vince gets everybody in a room and we all discuss this together? Or is it Vince saying, 
Adam, I made you. Matt, I made you. You're going to do business, period. Yeah. That, that's and it's like okay so so do it okay you know? and and it's um it, it's you know man up <laughs> and let's let's do this thing um or person up so i don't offend anyone um and uh <laughs> but yeah you just okay right here we are Let, let's let's do some business and because of that i'm lying on in the mat looking up at matt hardy on top of a steel cage about to drop a leg on me and going Oh, this is going to be killer. Not wonder if I'm going to get crushed here. <laughs> no, but thanks for taking us back and explaining. It also that. speaks to Matt too, you know, and the type of pro he is too. Uh, AEW homecoming tomorrow night, back in Jacksonville, back at Daly's place, big show as always on a Wednesday night for dynamite. Adam, I want to appreciate, you know, you taking the time. I know we're going to talk soon. So you always have something going on. I mean, you, you're always busy, which is fantastic. Um, but I got to ask you this. Put yes. your you know, feet to the fire a little bit here. Uh, right. fa- favorite Faith No More album and why? I mean, I probably have to go with Angel Dust. But... Ooh... And the only reason being because uh, from out of nowhere, it's the production values, but mm-hmm. that that's the one that, that hooked me. But I feel like even with it remastered, it still sounds, uh, it doesn't sound as fat, if that makes any sense. Yeah. The sound, it sounds a little tinny, but I love the songs. Uh, but in terms of like the whole package, probably Angel Dust. Yeah, and I kind of feel like uh, this... Uh appearance now in AEW is kind of like your angel dust complete right turn you know unsafe going into into grounds that you haven't been to before and like taking a chance on yourself and I felt like that album was the band taking a chance because it was a completely left turn from what they were doing before so I feel even though the foundation of what you're doing with AEW is very similar to what you have done in your past and you're bringing your knowledge and your education it is kind of like betting on yourself and taking a chance in a lot of ways. Well, and really for me, all of this from Royal rumble 2020 on is all bonus. None of this was supposed to happen. So for me, the second I got cleared was a victory. All of this stuff, man, this is all just, just a big old pile of gravy slapped on top of that, that big old thing of mashed potatoes. That was, you know, the first 25 years it's already a victory for me. The the minute that I got cleared, it was a victory because that challenge was accomplished. And now it's trying to find new ones. And that's, that's just fun. So yeah, it's a right turn. Let's go see what's down that way. That that's super, super fun to me. And what's great about it is, you know, like I'm on Percy Jackson this year, that my first episode airs on that tonight. So I can somehow work with Disney and still do this. Uh, if you had told me when I was a you know 15 year old kid that that would be the case at 50, I'd say you're pretty nuts. Uh, so man, I just I, I just wake up and go, oh, this this is awesome. You know, I, I'm I'm just ecstatic to be able to still be doing this at this stage when I was told that you know it was done and there was no choice in the matter. Now I, I have these choices ahead of me and and hopefully see my my retirement through the way I would have wanted to do it the first time when that choice was taken away. Wow. Adam, one last one from me. Uh, Christian, your best friend in life and in the business, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Without okay. a doubt. So you see this new side of him, you see how he's been acting. You see what of, you know, the world is seeing the piece of shit that you've always known <laughs> lie dormant in him. Not dormant. <laughs> it's it's always been there for everyone to see if they look close enough. Despite the mat, the fact that you might not be on the same page or you might not be the best of friends anymore, how does it make you feel knowing your friend has kind of gotten out of your shadow? Oh, it's amazing, you know, and, and we never place those those shadows on top of each other. We never compared each other to each other. Why, why would we? 
we both want each other to succeed and, you know, split apart from each other. You know, it's strange because we teamed for probably two years on television, maybe three, and the other 21, 22, 23, whatever, have been as solo acts. Um, I mean, I guess it speaks to the impact, you know, and the fact that we, we caught this lightning in a bottle that was you guys and the Hardys and us all at the same time. It resonated and it was at a time when wrestling was just everywhere. But if you look at the totality of our careers, there's no reason we should be compared. Um, we're, we're different talents too. We're very, very different. Um, when we both don't have long blonde hair, we're, we're different characters. And you're starting to see that now I'm coming out with more of a death proof grindhouse feel. And he's this turtleneck wearing bond villain. Those are really polar opposite movies. That's a great way to describe him as a Bond villain. I like that. Yeah. 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 All he needs is a hairless cat. And and I mean, <laughs> you know, he's he's got Mother Wayne now. He's got the the big heavy. He's got the it, it's it's not a hard concept to grasp. And and you see these two characters that are polar opposite. And um that to me is really fun. It, it, it just, I know I keep repeating fun, but it's just, it is. Um, I, I'm not going to apologize for that. You know, I'm having a blast. Dave, what word do I use when describing AEW? Fun. Fun. Yeah. It, it should Product, all be fun. You know, it, it, it's fun. You know, we could, we could sit here and we could say this and that and pick sure. holes and that, sure. blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, the product is still a fun product to watch and you can tell when talent is having fun yes yeah it it radiates from from a talent if they're having fun and the audience might not necessarily be able to put their finger on it but they know they feel it and um they can feel when a character is invested in what they're doing they can feel when the person behind the character is invested in what the character is doing uh, i think you can tell that from a musician you can tell that from an actor you can tell that from any form of entertainment because i've always said this is it's all the same tree it's different branches right and um if people are having fun you can feel it and by by osmosis hopefully as a viewer you sit there and you have fun too i love my maple leafs when they set up a beautiful play and they're all smiling after because they just scored man i'm happy it, it, it's and and just like you know christian's character is to make people not necessarily be happy um it, it it's all emotions it's all story you know one thing that i'll get asked by younger talent like so what do you do when you're thinking a story i was like well i read i read you know, some people watch movies and I'll watch that for some ideas too. But I read 67 books last year because I'm always looking for ideas for stories. And why wouldn't I go to professional storytellers to help me with those ideas? That just makes sense to me. Um, you know, I, I it, let's say you take a Stephen King book and he has 20 characters in there and he's able to seamlessly, just as you start to forget about one character, come back to it and then pivot over to this one and pivot over there. So you can take stories and they don't have to be, you know, Adam Copeland and Christian Cage the whole time. There's got to be a break. There's got to be this chapter where we go over here and it goes over there and then it can come back. Uh, in long-term storytelling, which is always, you know, my favorite. Um, I got off on a rant there, sorry. That's right. Oh. And speaking <laughs> of great stories, speaking of great stories, uh, Money Planes on Tubi right now so if you didn't get <laughs> if you didn't watch it the first time it's available on tubi i loved money playing so I was well you know fan. what it, it it was what it was supposed to be it was supposed to be a goofy fun little little uh you know um experiment but for me it was it was just uh it was crazy because i got offered the role they said kelsey grammar's opposite you and i was like wait what because i i just lost my mom uh the year before and kelsey grammar was bar none her favorite actor so i'm like okay i gotta, gotta do, do this it. i got i gotta share space with kelsey Grammer, and i got to tell him that story which which meant a lot to me because i i'm, I'm telling you she'd do her chemo she goes let's just go home and watch frazier right let's go and adam, oof, i mean think of that for a second adam the fact that you're in the ring with hogan you know, yeah. and and you're and you're singing Real American, and then <laughs> you know you're doing a movie with your mom's favorite actor. You know, because she was a big fan of. I mean, I mean, you're blessed, man. I mean, a beautiful family and uh, the second career for you after an injury. Like, 
man, I'm so happy for you because those th- th- that's unbelievable. You, I'm sure when you were younger, you you couldn't make that up. Like you couldn't no. make that up. There, there's stuff I've experienced that that I couldn't make up, and it's not lost on me. Like every day, I truly, uh, and that's why I say even in coming back, just getting that clearance, it, it it's not lost on me. Every time I step foot in the ring, it's it's another gift. It's uh, all stuff that wasn't supposed to be happening. And I, and I wake up and go, I'm still doing what I always wanted to do. I've never had to truly work a day in my life before I did before I got into wrestling, there were some car seat factories and things like that. But um, it, it, maybe that makes me appreciate this even more, but it's not lost on me, man. I, I wake up every day and go, wow, my girls are healthy. I got a kick-ass hot wife. Uh, I, you know, um, Dave, you were just I, saying that the other day about stop. Beth. Stop. Don't even go there, please. <laughs> well, hey, I, I'm biased, but she is, right? So, um, but yeah, man, I like, and I've, I've, I love my life and, and it's not lost to me and I appreciate it too. I, it's, it's, um, you know, there won't be a day while I'm doing this that I go, eh, well, you know, and, and there were times during the, the WWE run, you know, day 220 into the year or show 220 in where you're like, Oh my God. Oh man. Okay. I got, I got to get on this plane and what city I'm in, or you'll walk into the wall in the hotel. Cause you think the room is a setup from the night before you go to the wrong room number. You're pounding on the door going, what's going on. Meanwhile, somebody opens and goes, uh, uh, I'm sorry, sir. Well, that was my room last week. Got it. Sorry. Oh, you wow. know? Uh, yeah. yeah. So there were times within that, but at this stage, God, Man, like when I sit there and go, okay, yeah, I'm gonna work Griff Garrison. I can't wait. I can't wait to get in there with him. You know, and just see what he's got. Like that, it's just fun to me, man. It's discovery. It's all, all you know. You're throwing spaghetti at the wall. If it sticks, great. If it doesn't, okay. Well, let's let's get some penne now. Well, listen, life's not always perfect. Even Pearl Jam had yield, you know. So like. Don't even go. To ye- Are you kidding me? He's passive yield? aggressive. I'm telling you. You're going to go to yield as your example of a bad project. What are, what are you smoking? Dave? Dear God, Dave, yeah. that's horrible. Anyway, listen, hey, yeah. that's what you're loyal to the Agreed end. To disagree. You're Agreed loyal to, disagree. to the end. You're Given loyal to, to the end. Really? Oh, dude. Everything you say from here on out in terms of music, I, I can't take it face value. Now. It is, yeah. Shit I take, that, Dave. No, but blind Shit fandom, take. blind fandom. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Adam, thank you so much. And again, uh, tomorrow night, homecoming for AEW back at Daly's Place in Jacksonville. We'll be watching and reacting on Thursday morning. Adam, thank you so much for the time, man. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I mean, we're, we're doing a, a nice little tribute match for, for John Huber tomorrow, so that's going to be fun. Awesome, awesome. Good to see All you, right. buddy. Thanks. Good to see you guys. The number one pro wrestling show on the planet, Busted Open, is available seven days a week by subscribing and downloading the Busted Open podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. Join me alongside two WWE Hall of Famers, Mark Henry and Bully Ray, the hardcore legend, Tommy Dreamer, plus Thunder Rosa and Mickey James, all week long as we break down everything going on in and out of the ring. Listen to Busted Open right now on the SXM app or wherever you get your podcast. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. The opening segment with Drew McIntyre and CM Punk. And I want to get your take because I know, especially when it comes to Drew, you want to hear that fire, that bass. Did you feel you got some of that from Drew McIntyre last night on Raw? I didn't think I got bass from Drew. I think I got honesty from Drew. I a couple of, It might have been last week or it might have been two weeks ago. I liked the anger and the disdain that I heard from Drew. And I heard more bass in Drew's voice a couple of weeks ago. What I heard from him this time was honesty. And he was taking some shots at Punk. And you know what I've noticed over the years? Excuse me. Punk doesn't like it when you hit him between the eyes with honesty on air. You can see his face change. Now, I don't know if you can notice it, Dave, and I don't know if the fans can notice it, but I can. You know how I can tell you I know who's going over or doing the job the minute somebody comes out? Like, wrestlers know other wrestlers' faces. We know their tells. Like, if you're playing poker, you have a tell, whether that's a twitch, a look in your eye, or you eat an Oreo. Very aggressive. Um, We can tell, so... Drew hit hit Punk with a line last night about his past, and you could see it in Punk's eyes where he's like, son of a gun. You know, he didn't like it. So I liked where he went. I enjoyed the opening segment also. It was a good back and forth, but something was missing. I can't put my finger on it. There was They had the people... Then they they didn't lose them, but they didn't have them as strong as they had them in the beginning of the promo. <clears throat> I felt Drew got a little whiny in the middle of the promo. Like, Drew is a god of a man. 6'4", six, 6'5", six, looks the way he looks. Like, he could be a superhero. Oh, there was the one point in that segment when they're chest to chest. And Dude, you get that close to me, I'm knocking you on your ass. And and CM Punk said to Drew McIntyre, like, you're lucky I don't knock your teeth down your throat. Or I'm thumbnailing, but something along those lines. And I was looking at that, and I was like, bullshit. Like, you saw Drew McIntyre, like, hulked up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, I'm sorry, pal. There's no way you're knocking teeth down Drew McIntyre's throat. One of the things that um, I'm, I've tried to be conscious of in my career, and I tell other wrestlers, don't get so close, especially when the verbiage is the way it was last night. If the, ver- the verbiage dictates throwing a punch, don't get close enough. Because now I understand why you're not throwing a punch. And if if CM Punk got in my face last night and said what he said to Drew to me, I'd cave his face in. Because you're just, you're crossing the line. And how do we protect each other in wrestling? Stay far enough away from each other. If you want to say the line and then maybe a second or so later, just take a step forward, different story. But like, I'm getting back to Drew. I don't want to see... I don't want to see a man who's as impressive looking as Drew McIntyre keep bitching and moaning about why he's not the champion. 
about the, the why he's missed out on his opportunities. So if I was if I was personally writing for Drew, I'd stay away from some of the stuff that makes him seem whiny at times. Again, yes, just no, like, your opinion. No, I, I totally agree. And it, it was a fine line when it comes to that. You want to be careful not to cross that line. Maybe that's what they want it to show because that's the way Punk was looking at him. Like, dude, it's kind of like you're, you're whining. Stop complaining. That was the same thing Seth did. Though there's a lot of truth to what Drew is saying. Once again, just like the back and forth between Drew and Seth, I felt the same way with Drew and CM Punk last night, Bully. Drew comes across like the baby face to me. He's talking about in his first run, he was looking for a leader and he looked to Punk and he didn't get that because Punk was too self-absorbed and only cared about himself. And Punk basically said, yeah, you're right. I never said I was a leader. I don't, I'm not here to make friends. Like to me, it's like, I kind of feel for Drew McIntyre in this situation, you know, like CM Punk basically said in that segment last night, dude, I like, he even said it. I'm not a demon. I'm the devil. Like I'm an asshole. Don't look at me for advice. Don't look at me to be some kind of a leader. Like, it, like once again, CM Punk is saying to everybody, yes, I'm home. It's great to be back. But make no mistake, I don't care about any of you all. It's really about me. And even Drew said that about, man, bitching and He was saying to Punk, too, bitching and whining that you never were in the main event at WrestleMania. Well, you know, it's not going to happen because I'm going to win the Rumble, yada, yada, yada. But... It kind of that's why I kind of liked it last night, bully, because because it was real, and the, and once again, Drew went there where he was like, I was the guy during the worst possible era of the WWE. I was the champ when there were no fans, and everybody looked to me, and now you kind of just threw me to the side because I'm no longer the flavor of the week. You're the flavor of the week. Man, there was a lot of honesty and truth in that ring last night. Uh, yes, but let me ask you this. Forget about the words that were spoken. Let's go with the emotions that you felt. Did you feel that they had you at one point and then lost you? Yeah, I feel like by the end of the segment, it's kind of like, you know what? They're both kind of right and they're both kind of wrong. I didn't feel like I'm on one side or the other by the end of that segment. How did you feel about Punk's reaction last night? Uh, when, when you say his reaction, are you it, talking it, about the... the he, got, he got a reaction when his music hit. He got a reaction when he came out. And then it kind of, well, it kind of died down. I, and again, I know people are going to accuse me because I'm a Cody fanboy. But he went down the list of people that is not going to stand in his way. And they got cheers. Until he said the name, he said, not even Cody. And the fans booed. And what was up with the line? Who said it? Was it was it Drew or Punk? I think it was Drew about Cody politicking. Yes, it was. It was I was Drew. like, why would they say that? Well, he said about the politicking about getting Jay Uso to come to Monday Night Raw. But at the same time, when Punk mentioned... Like I'm not gonna let Cody stand in my way. They 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 got there was legit booze from the crowd. So I feel like by the end of that segment, that I don't think the fans really were sure about how they feel about CM Punk right now. WWE's in a weird place because you have Punk and Seth both are baby faces, and then Punk is talking about Cody, who's the uber baby face on Monday Night Raw. Right now, it's 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 a weird line that the WWE is drawing right now, this close to the Rumble. I think that they're just keeping everybody away from each other until the Rumble happens. There's no reason to bring anybody together and put these, like, there's no reason to have Seth and Punk together right now until the Rumble happens. I think, yes. I, I mean, I, this is this is not rocket science what I'm about to say, but as soon as the night of the rumble hits, WWE is going to hit that final sixth gear all the way to WrestleMania. And listen, uh, Monday night raw last night, 
uh, unopposed. Next week's not the same thing. They're going up against the NFL playoffs next week. Like that's going to be that's going to be a hard sell for a lot of people next week. And I, I kind of feel like what you just said is true, bully. That they're kind of just in a weird place. They're probably going to just stay in place until they get to the Royal Rumble, and then once they get to the Rumble, foot on the gas. Yeah, but last night they were up against the national championship. Oh, the national champ. I'm not a college football guy. So, like, if the last night did, I'm not a college football fan either, but I did know that the game was on. Uh, congratulations to Michigan. Um, you know, last night things, you know, like Seth and Jinder, I was like, eh, okay, why? Well, national, maybe the national championship, maybe they're just putting people out there just to fill the time on Raw. Let's get past Raw this week because we have major competition of the national championship. Let's get past Raw next week where we have major competition in the NFL playoffs because do we really need anything heavy going on right before the Rumble? Does anything major? We already got, listen, we know we got the men's Rumble. We know we got the women's Rumble. We know we have our main event at the Rumble with Roman um orton aj and knight what else do we need to do nothing exactly busted open as part of the sirius xm sports podcast network if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more please give a five-star rating and leave a review subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Foundation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.